finish this week, we head to Brazil. After Brazil 2021, the expectations are high, and while we did not get another 25-place overtake, we did get what one could call a masterclass in the highs and lows of being a Mercedes fan. Join us as we discuss George Russell winning his first sprint and race, as well as the trials and tribulations that come with on-track collisions. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to No Wheel Knowledge. Today we are talking about the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Um, apparently we shouldn't call it the Brazil GP, according to Ted, because it is... It's in Brazil, but it's the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Yeah, but that's the same with every Grand Prix. No, it really is the same. It's with always every Grand like, Prix. oh, it's the Heineken Rolex Pasta Italiano Grand Prix or something. It's like, okay, yeah, something along those lines. I'm just called going to Monza. Get ready to get your tinfoil hats on. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I guess I'll just start this by the hater episode. Yes, this is a hater episode. We'll start by going over, you know, all the on-track action, uh, starting with Quali. It was a wet qualifying, which is super fun. Prior to qualifying, however, I made a prediction that unfortunately came true, but what we got, got it out of the way. Alex Albon's helmet DNF streak continuing. Yes. <laughs> and I still blame Polina for this happening now because I hadn't thought of it before. However, however, he DNF'd in the sprint. He did not DNF in the race. He got it out of the way. So I think that's a lesson learned. If Alex brings special helmets, he should bring them on sprint weekends. I hate sprint weekends. But yeah, so we had a wet qualifying. They started on inters and then within Q1, there was that crossover period. I was stressed because they had a lot of weird stuff going on. It was like I hate it. people taking off two seconds within the last two minutes. It was a lot. The saddest part of Q1 was us losing Mick to P20. Yeah, I feel like this is where the tinfoil hats start, probably. <laughs> We'll get to that. <laughs> this quality was fixed. <laughs> yeah. With Q2, it started raining really heavily with four minutes left of qualifying. So once again, it was a very weird qualifying period. But, you know, all the typical players got knocked out. So the Williams, the Alpha Tauri, the Aston Martin, unfortunately, and Danny. And then with Q3, that's where the fixing really starts coming in. Because as... Qualifying continues, and it was still spitting a little bit. We get... Please don't use that word. <laughs> it was drizzling. But it was drizzling enough for the rain to, like, not help them in terms of their times. We get George, while he's in P3, beaching himself. It was a stupid one, too. He went pat He went through the gravel trap entirely, spun himself around to turn himself around to hopefully drive through the gravel trap the other way, and spun himself around too far and got his back wheels in the gravel. And that's how he beached himself. George beaches himself, brings out a red flag. We have six or seven minutes left of Q3. And we have Kevin Magnuson on provisional pole. And in the time that it takes to clean up George's car... And end the red flag, it starts raining hard enough that no one's times are going to improve. And poor Charles didn't get sent out to do a single soft tire lap before it started raining. Ferrari fucked it. Right. And so we had a hoss on pole. <laughs> Lena's upset about this. You can give your thoughts. Uh, it's not necessarily thoughts. I just think it got fixed. <laughs> I don't know how or why, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But yeah... No, I don't believe it. I don't want to believe it. <laughs> Especially because Mick got P20. Haas sandwich. Which 
that just makes it worse, to be honest. If Mick had a normal qualifying, I mean, B20 is kind of normal, but still, <laughs> it would have been less painful. And now they kind of got a good reason to just bin Mick. I don't think they even really explained it why he didn't get out of Q1. I think their timing was just entirely off for Mick's qualifying laps. They not say anything. I don't remember them saying anything. He got knocked out in Q1 and then it was just kind of silence from Haas's end. It was nothing. Mm. At least from what I saw. We had a Haas sandwich of the entire grid for the sprint. Uh, He just said that he underestimated the grip. (sighs) We'll get back to Haas. We We have a lot of inner team discussions to have. But yeah, Haas sandwich. Um, and the question, of course, of will Mech get booted from Haas after this weekend? We get to the sprint race. Kevin Magnussen is officially the first Dane to have a pole position in Formula One. Denmark is now the 24th nation to have a driver on pole. And it's the first time Haas have ever been on pole. Which is also the, great. What did you just say? 24th? 24th. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. They're having... It's not... This is a highly concentrated Western European sport. <laughs> but to be fair, how many people have been on pole in total? Because I just learned that there were only 113 race winners, which also is not a lot. It's it's in the low hundreds. Despite Haas's pace, Magnussen did have a fairly good start in the sprint. He was ahead for several laps. Uh, behind him, however, while you know the Red Bulls and the Mercedes weren't getting into too much trouble, Alonso and Ocon make contact. Alonso has damage ends up having to go pit as he comes out, continues complaining about Ocon, at which time you sent us the text message of Alonso's stop complaining challenge. Sometimes when I get annoyed, I just watch it, the race without sound, but I could just see the like the little icon of him talking popping up. It's like, well, it's probably not going to be race data, is it? It was literally just him complaining about Ocon. The sprint race had a lot of overtaking. It was not as dramatic as the GP. It was it was a lot of a lot of stuff going on. A few people were initially noted for starting procedure infringements. It was Danny, Guan Yu, and Lewis. They didn't get end up getting penalized or anything. In the meantime, George, while he was behind Max, started taking a page out of Lewis's book and reporting to Mercedes every time Max went off track limits. Because, you know, that's that's what they have to do at this point. They have to them themselves report to the FIA, hey, maybe you should pay attention. Hello. Then we had on lap nine, the Aston Martins having a little adventure where Stroll essentially pushes Vettel off into the grass with what the FIA later called a dangerous maneuver, gave him a 10 second penalty for it and three penalty points. And it hopefully scared Alonso. Hopefully, hopefully. Who <laughs> was like, <laughs> this one race. It was like, yeah, but the next one after is going to be with Stroll. Yeah. My How favorite thing on Tumblr after the sprint race was a clip of the Vettel and Stroll incident. And Vettel's radio message where the person in the caption put, man has an attempt placed on his life. His response, Okay. Okay. He was like, okay. <laughs> and went on with his race. Done with it. But Seb got past Lance the next lap and then continued speeding ahead. Um, Lance's race wasn't that good. For some reason, his car wasn't as fast. 
George was trying to make moves on Max while Checo completely fell away from Lewis after Lewis got past him. Then we had a yellow flag on lap 12, which was Alex. He spun and DNF'd. George did get past Max on lap 15 and Max immediately fell out of DRS. The Rebels were nowhere (laughs) this weekend for some reason. But we all know why. It's because of Mercedes' illegal upgrades, as Red Bull has already said. It's the illegal upgrades. A legendary illegal? Oh, yeah, I read it somewhere. Someone Red Bull said that this is only because of Mercedes' illegal upgrades. (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, guys, that's why you're worse than everyone. Sure, (laughs) illegal after the FIA already told them to come back with a changed wing, and they did. And also after Ferrari is also outpacing them. Mm-hmm. But the also illegal upgrades, probably, I guess. Because yeah, we know I, everyone's going over the cost cap anyway. Absolutely. I love the TikToks coming out from the Red Bull side of TikTok. They're like, something feels just not right. Are they breaking the cost cap? <laughs> probably. Because you can break the cost cap in the middle of the season when the accounting only starts next year. Yeah. Uh, so that tragic. seems so smart after Red Bull just got a penalty for it. Yeah. Now is the time when Mercedes is going to think, yeah, let's join them. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Exactly. Yeah. Max was getting track limits for a little while and Lewis got stuck in a DRS train behind Signs. Signs got past Max. They did make contact, but Signs got away with it. And then Lewis got past Max on lap 20. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, Seb got past a couple other people and then we had another Alonso Ocon battle at the back on the very last lap which for some reason Ocon went from starting fifth no he started sixth to ending the race all the way in 18th I have no idea what happened he just kind of went backwards the entire race even spin or anything or no do you have- no there's no pit stops I don't know why Alonso was, was the one with the pit stop and Alonso yeah. ended up three places ahead of him I, I, I don't know how to explain it. Questionable. <laughs> but, but yeah. Mick made up eight places on Mick the other hand. Mick did make eight places. He did very well. So the sprint race ended with George P1, Carlos P2, Lewis P3, Max P4, Checo P5, Charles P6, Lando P7, then Kevin Magnussen because he's in a Haas and got passed by all the faster runners, obviously. Seb finished in the points in P9. Well, no, not in the points, just out of the points for the sprint race in P9. Pierre, P10, Danny, P11, then Mick, then Guan Yu, then Valtteri, then Alonso as a result of his pit stop, then Yuki, then Stroll, then Ocon, then Latifi, and Alex DNF'd. Then Sainz has a five-place penalty for his new engine for the race. So he ended up going from P2 to P7 for the uh, race grid. And Alonso got a five-second penalty post-race, plus two penalty points for his incident with Ocon. Another tinfoil hat moment. Was Alonso the one to set fire to Ocon's car after the sprint? Are we we accusing him of witchcraft? I'm not accusing him, but I'm just saying if they haven't found the reason yet i do have an option <laughs> i do have a lead if you mm-hmm. will for the investigation Might. you know Maybe very csi-esque i have a suspicion we have someone with motive it just feels off you know it yeah. just feels wrong <laughs> it's like the cost cap numbers mm-hmm. i just feel it there's something wrong there yep i've added the numbers up myself i just <laughs> now over it but with 
all of the funky little penalties applied, we ended up, so Sainz moves to P7 for the race and Alonso moves from P15 to P17 to start behind Ocon yet again for the GP. The interviews they gave after the sprint, I thought were highly entertaining because I just think Alonso's so petty. Yeah, but Alonso should be scared. Do you remember the the Ocon tweet after Paris almost hit him? Mm Mm-hmm. The one where he's like, Paris tried to kill me twice. Luckily, he didn't. He wasn't able to do so. And I finished P9. <laughs> See, that was the greatest tweet he ever put out. Ocon s- somehow has just managed <laughs> to get that. under Alonso's he's skin. A- quietly. Silently. But he's there. And Alonso doesn't know how to deal with it. Fascinating guy. Yeah. Moving on to race day. We had a special with Emerson Fittipaldi where they put him back in his old car, which was very cute. And they also gave us the news that Enzo, his grandson, has joined the Red Bull Academy. I love Enzo. Why would he do that? (laughs) Also, he's been with Prema for so long. Exactly. Like Ferrari. Well, I mean, the FDA has been so bad at handling all of their drivers that I won't be surprised if people aren't very much inclined to join the Academy To be fair, I think the issue is that Ferrari is literally just Ferrari. They're not doing the Haas seat thing anymore. No. They're not really helping anyone at Alfa Romeo no. anymore. Whereas Red Bull has two full teams. Yeah, because Charles went through to Alfa Romeo through Ferrari and then we had Giovinazzi at Haas through Ferrari. But then... And then potentially Mick, but I mean, he's left the academy and he's Man, gonna leave Haas, so... Alfa Romeo, there's no one in there who has anything to do with Ferrari. Yeah. Even Carlos is just a random guy that picked up from the side. Yeah, he was a former Red Bull Academy driver. Let's not forget. And also this year was 50 years since the first Brazilian GP. So, Ooh. fun fact. Exciting. Yeah. With the race start, um, there was already some strategy coming into play at the beginning because in the race, the reason that Max fell back so much was because he was on mediums while everyone around yeah, him was on softs. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah because i love how everyone was kind of like tweeting posting about it we're like oh they did it to reserve the softs another hannah masterclass i I feel like that's not too much of a masterclass you know everyone was able to you know understand them yeah like if you not don't use the softs you still have the softs that's i'm not sure where the masterclass is coming in i don't know either yeah but with the race, we had the Ferrari starting on mediums, Haas on mediums, and then Stroll, Alonso, Latifi, and Yugi on the mediums. With the race start, I think the thing where everyone was most stressed about was the Mercedes. I was stressed about George personally. <laughs> I have lost all faith in him. Oh no. I have nothing against him personally. Mm. But if we look at this race starts, like past five, six races, I think he's taken out people in like four of them. Yeah. I just... Mm. That's He's a little inclined to make contact. And do you know when it all started? That's right. When the queen died. <laughs> I have not forgot. It actually is true. <laughs> Listen, I'm editing Singapore right now and we have this exact same discussion. <laughs> <laughs> because it's still going on. Yeah. To be fair, yesterday was okay, but let's see how this week goes. Yeah. Certified tinfoil hat moment. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? This is very legitimate. Yeah, very... True reason of concern. Yeah. The Mercs do get a clean getaway. Nothing happens between the top four. However, in the back, we have 
Danny and Magnuson. And uh, this is where my uh. other prediction for the weekend came true, where I predicted a Magnuson DNF and it didn't happen in the sprint. So it happened in the GP. So to explain the incident for anyone who hasn't seen it, Danny's coming up behind Magnuson, taps his rear wheel, his rear right wheel with his front wing. Magnuson spins. And like any reasonable person, just kind of lets the car drift backwards so that he doesn't hit anyone head on because it's a fairly tight part of the track, right? Meanwhile, Danny is like, you know what? I can, I can, I can just squeeze by. I can just squeeze by on the opposite side, literally behind Magnuson. And Magnuson rolls right into Danny and takes both of them out. That, I think, I'm pretty sure that ended up just getting ruled a racing incident. I don't think either of them got penalties or anything like that. So... I think it no, was a racing incident. Danny I don't did. Did Danny get? Yes, he you're right. He place grid drop for this week. You're correct. You're correct. He did and I think he got two penalty points. Well, I'm just thinking, why? He's going to be gone next week. Why bother? Yeah. And it's not like he has enough to get a race ban. No. It, it's eight penalty points, though. It is fairly high. <laughs> oh, it's nothing against Pierre's 10. Oh, no, Pierre. Oh, yeah. Another tinfoil hat moment for the people that said he did it on to get that race ban for next week mm. but yeah so danny does have a penalty and a three-place score drop for next weekend which is unfortunate but i don't i don't think it's really deserved in my opinion it was such a yeah. light tap and also it was a first lap incident it was Come a first on. lap incident and on top of that if you look at the footage of when they're cleaning up the incident and danny and magnuson getting into the medical car afterwards magnuson walks up and danny immediately is like i am so sorry <laughs> Like, you but can see even, him apologizing. Yeah. No, he even said it afterwards that he literally thought he could make it, but he just couldn't. Like, yeah. Just mis- miscalculation. Yeah, it wasn't anything I have, else. I have, a, I have a rule proposal. I think it would be really funny if teams had, like, a combined penalty points account. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if your team's too dangerous, both of them just get banned. That would be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, your team's too dangerous. Both drivers. Yeah, I think that would be really funny because... Because then you could start questioning, there's something wrong, that team. Mm. Because if both of your drivers have really high penalty point counts, you should maybe question your driver's strategies, you know? Yeah. I feel so, like AlphaTauri so, would be banned then. Fair, yeah, they would be banned, I think so. I don't know how many penalty points Yuki has. But Yuki I think it's, uh, is at, you. I believe he's at eight. Yuki, yes, <laughs> he's at eight. He's has <laughs> at ten. Appears at ten. Um, but yeah, after that incident, we have a safety car for like five or six laps. And at the restart, we have two things happen. We have Max and Lewis come together where Max initially gets past Lewis in turn one. Lewis comes back at him in turn two on the outside of turn two. And Max has admitted this to Sky Sports. And these tweets are floating around of what he said verbatim. But he essentially was like, oh yeah, I knew he wasn't going to give me space, so I just didn't back out of it. It cost him the race win and me, it cost a few places. I, I Essentially, he was just like, oh, it cost him more than it cost me. So I did it on purpose. That kind of yeah. sounds like what he said before Abu Dhabi last year when he was like, if we both crash, I'm going to get my championship. Exactly. Maybe that's not the nicest attitude to have. Mm. It's a very Shumi-esque attitude, to be fair. Because <laughs> he was always like, yeah, what do I have to lose? <laughs> so with that incident, Max ended up having to pit and got a five-second penalty. Lewis just fell back to P9. He didn't end up having to come in for a front wing change or anything like that. In the back, we had Charles and Lando 
collide. Charles briefly goes into the wall, gets out of it, but as he's going backwards and his car is hitting the wall, he yells at Lando, he's a dick. That's such a funny choice of insult, though. <laughs> like, could you not think of anything else? Like, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> he's such a dick. That is. But, I yeah. like it. Charles ends up making it out of the wall. He does come out P20, though. He also has to pit to fix his wing. Lando has some steering issues after this incident, and this kind of continues for the rest of his race. Lando had many issues, though. That's to be fair. Poor boy hasn't eaten and drank. Like three days? <laughs> Anything in days? That's his birthday. Yeah. He looked awful. He did not look very happy. Sometimes I'm just like, McLaren, you... You, I don't think McLaren is fighting for anything. They, they Just, Prior to this race, they were fighting for P4. They no longer are fighting for P4. Alpine is 19 points ahead of them. So unless both Alpine's yeah. DNF and McLaren's, McLaren's somehow secure like a 2 and 3, they're not yeah. getting P4 in yeah, the constructors. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. They're not really fighting. I don't think Lando is fighting for much in the positions anymore or ever did this year. So why are they making the poor kid drive? I don't know. I don't know. I think they should have put Nick in the car and just let him go at it. Uh, it would be fun. Yeah. Come on. But we don't get a safety car or anything for those two incidents. They sort themselves out. In the meantime, Carlos suddenly appears and gets, gets past Lando. We have lots of overtaking in the back as well. We have the Alfa Romeos fighting with the Aston Martins. There's a bit of a DRS train that forms behind Lando. It becomes Lando, Seb, Lewis. However, Lando does get a five-second penalty for his incident with Leclerc. And by lap 15, Lewis is back up to P4. And that's kind of where the pit stops start going. We get people switching to mostly mediums at this point. Poor Charles essentially gets handed a three pit stop strategy just on the spot right there because he had to pit for the new wing. At the top, we had a lot of undercutting, overcutting things going on. When Sainz came into pit lap 18, he switched for soft because he started on the mediums. He has a slightly longer pit stop because they A, have to pull a tear off out from his brake ducts, then place the tires on and he leaves the pits with completely smoking brakes. Like you just see a plume of smoke right from the back of the car. He handles it. The brakes don't actually catch fire and he is he's totally fine yeah lots of pit stops then max eventually makes his second pit stop on lap 24 his pit stop is 10 seconds because he has to do the five second penalty and on top of that they were they just had a poor pit stop in general i enjoyed this yes i enjoyed it as well and then at lap 28 the commentators are like oh yeah mick schumacher has been noted for a pit lane incident and we're like Huh? No, it wasn't him. It said Alfa Romeo. Initially, it was Mick. Oh. And then they were like, Alfa Romeo have been noted for a pit lane incident that will be investigated after the race. Lewis, meantime, comes into pit all the way on lap 29. So he did a nearly 30 lap stint on soft tires. Comes back out in P4. And by lap 32, the order has changed a little bit. So just to recap with all the overtaking that was going on, because there was a lot of overtaking. There was a lot happening. George is still in P1. At this point, Checo was P2. Carlos is P3. Lewis is P4. Alonso P5. Bottas P6. Seb P7. Ocon P8. Gasly P9. Lando P10. Guan Yu P11. Mick P12. He still, he stayed in P12 for a little while. Charles P13. From P20 all the way from lap six. So this is in like 20 laps. He's gone up a fair bit. 
Yuki P14, Stroll P15, Max P16, <laughs> Alex P17, Lativi P18, and at this point, Danny and Magnuson are DNF'd. Then Lewis comes out and just casually starts setting fastest laps on medium tires, having a good time. And then it's literally just more and more pit stops, a little bit more overtaking, nothing super crazy. We get a slightly confusing radio message between Mercedes and George, where Mercedes are like, we're considering the softs for the last stint. Tell us if you want those or the mediums. And George on the radio is, yeah, copy, no softs. And the question for about two minutes with the commentators became, where do you put the comma in that sentence? Yeah, I don't know either. Is it after no? Is it after copy? Does he want the softs? Well, I, mean, I just I just assume that him and the team, maybe maybe that's, maybe that's a little mind game. That's maybe. like, let's... Maybe, maybe they agreed. It's, it's smart, though, because then mm. the other teams don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I'll yeah. Enjoy this. Keep them guessing. I think they just give them funny names for each race. <laughs> like, yeah, bananas. Bananas. Are they allowed to speak in different languages on the radio? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so either. By lap 44, which Amy and I were texting about this, and we were like, this feels rather serendipitous. Lewis and Pacheco go at it, and Lewis gets past him. Very satisfying moment. And then we have... The second big round of pit stops. Then the Mercedes start pumping out fastest laps again. Poor Lewis came on the radio during his second stop. He was like, no, these tires are still good. And Mercedes are like, my guy, we are blocking an undercut. Relax. And they, they cut off the undercut. It was really good, actually. Their strategy was on point at this race. And then on lap 53, I start stressing out because Lando Norris loses power due to an electrical issue. And we get initially a virtual safety car and then a full safety car because the marshals couldn't move his car. During this full safety car, we have two important things happen. One, Mercedes tell George that they are not implementing team orders and that him and Lewis are free to fight. Two, Alpine are implementing team orders and Ocon is not allowed to fight Alonso. He has to let Alonso by. And Ocon, this poor man, Alpine had to essentially threaten him to get him to agree to this <laughs> because he was like, no, 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 no. I have to get ahead of these people in front of me. How am I going to do that by letting Alonso by? And Alpine are like, my guy, we will burn your trailer down. <laughs> But not literally. But it was something. <laughs> it was very threatening. <laughs> the radio messages were a little all over the place. Oh, God. Oh, there were actually three interesting things that happened during the safety car. Then, as the safety car is ending, they announce that two cars are allowed to unlap themselves. At this point, it was it was Latifi and Alex that were allowed to unlap themselves. Oh. However, Yuki was also lapped at this point. Oh, no. Yuki was oh, also Yuki lapped. Was and Yuki tried unlapping himself and got halfway through the grid before he realized that the, the FIA just forgot about him and wasn't able to unlap himself. So oh. he kind of got stuck and had to let everyone by. I don't get why his team didn't do anything. I think the data was just too late. It was literally just too late. The FIA That's forgot about him. Why I'm literally saying we need that weird super button like in Formula E where they yeah. can just talk to everyone. Just be like, hello, everyone. If you are one of the unlapped cars, please unlap yourself. If not, just stay where you are. Yeah, it was it was a very weird thing. But the safety car ended on lap 59 and Mercedes got away cleanly. Thank God. 
The Alpines both got past Sebastian, and we had a couple more overtakes. Alonso got past Bottas as well, and then immediately after this, George sets another fastest lap. Lewis's fastest lap from earlier was a 114. George gets it into the 113s. Signs, in the meantime, gets past Checo on lap 63. Checo and Alonso have a little battle on lap 65, and then Max gets past Checo on lap 67. Poor Charles behind Carlos is sitting there begging for a podium from Ferrari because he needs the points to get second in the driver's championship. And Checo is told by Red Bull that Max is going to let him by. Max does not do this. Max instead comes on the radio and says, I have told you guys this. I will not be doing that. We have had this discussion before and I have explained myself. I will not do this again. Am I clear? It is time to start the hating. It is time to start the hating. But before we do that, I'm going to read through the finishing order. We have George first. It says maiden win with fastest lap as well. Lewis P2. So Mercedes have their first one, two since Imola 2020, more than a year. And it's their first win since Saudi Arabia of last year. Then Carlos was the one picking up the last podium place. Charles right behind him. Alonso P5, Max P6, Checo P7, Ocon P8, Bottas P9, Stroll P10, Seb P11. So the Aston Martins did get one point, but it was the wrong Aston Martin in my mind. Guan Yu P12, Mick P13, Pierre P14, Alex P15, Latifi P16, Yuki P17, and then both McLaren's DNF along with Kevin. Lewis got driver of the day. Pierre got smacked with a five-second penalty for speeding in the pit lane at the end of the race. And after that, it was literally just two hours worth of post-race content where people were like, what is going on at Red Bull? No, I think generally it is very okay for a team to say we are not doing that or for a team to say we are doing that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't mind if a team has a one, you know, driver number one or anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's up to them. I think just for context here, for maybe the people that are not aware of this context, Checo has let Max through many, many times Mm -hmm. because Max was fighting for the championship. And so they said, this is very important. Checo, please let him go through. Right now, Checo is actually desperately fighting for that P2 in the championship. By the way, Red Bull has never had a 1-2 in the championship. Never. This would be the first. Never. Even though... They've won the title and the constructors five times now. Yep. But never. He is really fighting for that. Max has this championship. Red Bull has this championship. And so Red Bull, like the team, they've also agreed. Yes, it makes sense. Checo is fighting for something. Max is not. Let's let him through. Max isn't even fighting for the podium or anything. So he's, he's fighting for nothing. They were fighting they were like fighting about points. P6. P6. What's that? Like four points or something. Yeah. That's like nothing. But for Checo, it does matter because now he's on equal points. He's on equal points with Charles now, isn't he? Yep, going into Abu Dhabi. the next race has gone decided at all. And I think P2 and the entire championship probably does make a lot of difference in money, I guess. I think I'm it does. Really I think sure, it makes sense. But also just for Red Bull, would you not want that one too? Like It'd obviously, be a historic moment guess, for them. Which is, I guess, why they said, come on, Max. Let him go through, mm-hmm. especially after Max with the whole Checo, what a legend, fighting for me, yeah. doing the, you know, being a team, being a team player. Listen, as much as I don't like Checo sometimes, his interview with some of the Spanish speaking reporters after the race, he yeah, literally was like, it is thanks to me that Max has two championships. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it was probably a bit much, but 
he's not wrong. If it weren't for him holding up Lewis in Abu Dhabi, we, it might have been a completely different outcome. And there were quite a few instances where he either let Max buy without even saying anything or yep. where he let Max buy after the team said, please get out of the way. Yeah. So it was exactly. quite obvious that this is not just Max being the brilliant driver overtaking him. Like, no, nah, Checo did sit back. Remember Mexico last year? Mm-hmm. He could have won that race. Mm-hmm. His home race. Yep. At that point, it would have been, his, I think, second race win. Oh, it would have been a big thing. Checo has but been no, the no. team player for the past two years. I mean, yes, he went in there knowing that, I guess. I think Red Bull makes it very obvious that Max is the number one. Mm. But at the moment, he literally already is the number one. He's won the championship. Yep. He cannot lose that anymore. No. And f- come on, he could have even just let him through without the team saying anything to kind of make it look like Checo just overtook him mm-hmm. if he you know, doesn't want it let him buy or anything. So... Let's let's recap what um what's been going on on social media <laughs> over the past twenty four hours. First of all, Max has now lost forty thousand followers in one day <laughs> as a result of all the Checo fans coming out of the woodwork and being like, "Kindly, what the fuck?" Max, okay, use me. Ma- Checo unfollowed him. Yeah, Maybe Checo unfollowed him. Checo unfollowed <laughs> him, Alonso, and Lewis. I feel like he probably just opened Instagram for the first time like three months and was like, no, no, no. What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Max's mom, in the meantime, also got on Instagram (laughs) and replied to someone. (laughs) This this reply has now been deleted and Twitter claims this is a real thing, but we have no way to verify. I was trying to figure it out because I just saw a screenshot of the comment, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't see like the poster was under anything. So I was like, Come on, this could be anywhere. Yeah. But I've seen quite a few accounts saying it was under Max's newest post mm-hmm. and got deleted. Like the original comment got deleted, which is why her response is gone. And I've seen <laughs> I've seen several screenshots that all, you know, looked different. It wasn't the same picture every time. So now I'm thinking, hmm, So I'll she she replied to a comment, um, essentially trying to confirm, I guess, Chaco cheating on his wife post Monaco. I think that's what it is. But imagine, imagine in like, if we went back to like the Nico, the the bro Sadie's days and like a Nico and Lewis impact happened. And let's say Kiki Rosberg (laughs) got on Instagram to defend Nico. I'd be so embarrassed. I generally, just the fact that your mom comes in there and defends you. Like, come on. This this is is a 25-year-old man. This is embarrassing. It's truly embarrassing. And the fact that instead of just defending her son, saying something like, oh no, Max is my little baby girl. She just went, check out she did on his wife. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing fingers everywhere. Yeah. And she really went for it. But to elaborate as to why Monica was being brought up at all, people are claiming, and this is apparently made by initially by a false Twitter account and has maybe been disproven at this point, but it's a rumor floating around that uh, if we go back to Monaco of this year and qualifying, if anyone remembers, uh, Checo crashed during Q3 in Monaco, securing himself P3 and preventing Max from getting P1 in quali because Max was on a fast lap right when Checo went into the wall right before the (laughs) tunnel and Carlos actually crashed into Checo two seconds later. People are alleging that that crash was done on purpose and like trying to look at throttle maps and stuff like that. But I, I honestly can't, can't tell you 
if it was on purpose or not. I don't think it was. I can just tell you, if I was an F1 driver, I would be so petty. I would not care about my own career at all. Mm-hmm. I would do stuff like that all yeah. the time. I'm going to be honest here. The thing that's floating around is that since Checo may or may not have on purpose crashed in Monaco, Max is apparently still holding that against him. And that is why... That is why Max is like, I have given you my reasons before I will not be covering them again. That's apparently what no, that goes I back to. I would like to know what the reasons yeah. are, because if that's the reason, I feel like the team had half a year now to get the boy back in line. Exactly. Imagine having a driver who's like, no, he fucked me over once. I'm going to be the absolute worst teammate now forever. Do you know what number race Monaco was? Brazil was race number 21 of the season. Monaco was race seven. Yeah, like, come on. When was that? In May? Yeah. That was a long, was time, a long ago. time ago. Grow up. Get over yourself, please. Especially because Max is the whole, oh, Abu Dhabi. We should forget about it. Yeah, you should forget about Monaco. Yeah. Get over it. To continue the Max Verstappen slander. So, you know, the incident between Lewis and Max today. Well, not today. Last night. I read another quote yes. from him. Yes. Just we haven't had yet. Do you know how he said the whole, oh, it cost him the race, it only got me that penalty? Yeah. He also said, I was surprised when I got the five-second penalty. I mean, I was not upset. But if you asked me, would I do it again? Absolutely. You crashed! What do you mean, absolutely do Anyways, it again? Anyways, uh, we, we now have confirmed that he, is on, he on purpose pulls these moves. Friendly reminder that in Brazil, what was it, 2018? He nearly assaulted Esteban Ocon for pulling the move that he did. What do you mean, nearly? He did, and he got, like, he actually physically pushed him. He pushed him, but he was going to punch him. He was going to start a fight. Ah, but the pushing was already, like, dumb. To do yeah. it, like, right after the race with all the cameras, I honestly would not care if you actually hit him, but just don't do it on live TV. Do it in a parking lot like a real man. <laughs> Come on. That's <laughs> <laughs> do it. No, but the, the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy that comes out of this man. He is willing to assault other people for pulling the moves that he does. My guy. Yeah. Especially with the whole, I do it again. Oh, I, oh. And Will Buxton, for the first time in history, I agree with Will Buxton. <laughs> That's a new one. That is truly a momentous occasion. It is a completely new one. Today, GQ had the brilliant idea of announcing Max as man of the year. <sighs> this sport comedy this we are in a comedy show i feel we're i feel like it's some it's version of the truman show that we're stuck in i desperately hope gq's admin has a therapist because most of gq's replies have been hidden and i would strongly suggest for anyone looking to have a good laugh to go through the hidden replies they are highly entertaining they are very highly entertaining but watching oh and according to andrea uh who is on the spanish-speaking side of tiktok mexican tiktok is all anti-verstapa rhetoric to be fair on twitter i've seen many many tweets in spanish as well and i just mm-hmm. can't read them but i feel like it's probably not gonna not gonna be anything nice. no, red bull red bull is imploding and i am happily watching it do so and i'm having a great just time remember that Checo has a contract for two more years listen listen Let i <laughs> The, the joy it would bring me <laughs> for Red Bull to come on the radio at some point next year when I hope to God Max is once again fighting with Lewis rather than anyone else for the championship. And for them to be like, oh yeah, Checo, can you let Max pass? And Ma- and Checo just goes, no hablo, no hablo inglés. <laughs> and then just keeps going. I would pay good money. <laughs> 
I feel like that's what I would do as a driver. I would just act like like the radio's not working yeah. anymore. I'd just be like, no, for the rest of the race, I'm just just not. I'm going through a tunnel. It works in Monaco. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like with the whole the radio's not working, I feel like they could never actually prove that, could they? So <laughs> I'll be like, well, it looks like everything's alright. She's like, yeah, but I can't hear anything, so. Remember Kimmy? <laughs> yeah, like Kimmy last year! <laughs> Kimmy like, why are you responding so then? Because <laughs> his engineer last year was like, Kimmy, can you hear me? Is the radio working okay? And like two seconds later, in what would be a perfect response if Kimmy could still hear him, he goes, no, I still can't hear you. And his engineer, what about now? No, I still can't hear you. <laughs> but you're I responding. Can I just put on my, my Taylor Swift glitter tinfoil hat? Yeah, sure. Go for well. it. Did you know that George is the 113th? Grand Prix winner on November 13th in the W13. I love it. All the 13s. That was very Taylor Swift-esque of him. Very interesting. I just read this. I did. I love this. Wow. I, I lo- that's a it great... It also explains, apparently, why Midnight's was 44 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It is all connected. And <laughs> he is the mastermind. Uh, finally, the last big tinfoil hat we have to put on is the tinfoil hat about ferrari no can i sorry before yes. we go back from red bull um who is it espn mm-hmm. the thing have put together a list of every time paris helped for stop and last i'm <laughs> obsessed with espn listen they're so good <laughs> please no it's so me. good so monaco he overcuts hamilton to sixth place so max can win Baku doesn't allow Hamilton to pass him all race. At the second startup, Hamilton goes long and ends 16th. France, due to position, makes Hamilton not go into pits. Max catches up, passes Hamilton, wins race. Silverstone took fastest lap from Hamilton. Turkey, Paris defender and leaves Hamilton in fifth. Max gets second. Austin makes Hamilton make a pit stop too soon to prevent undercut. Max wins. Brazil takes fastest lap from Hamilton. Abu Dhabi holds him up for 10 seconds, making Hamilton skip pit stops in order to not lose position. Max wins race. There you go. That's there you one, go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's Listen, more, that's more than the Checo. Checo was completely right when he said that Max has two championships because of him. He was a hundred percent right, and Max was acting like a little selfish, ungrateful little boy. Oh, I have nothing more to add. But to Ferrari, uh, after Charles's pleading on the radio about him trying to get a podium place to prevent. A loss of the driver of P2 and the driver's championship. It has now been rumored that uh, Charles's management has been in touch with Ferrari's upper management, and Benotto may or may not be losing his position as team principal. They are potentially looking to replace him with Fred Vasser from Alfa Romeo. I think that's so odd though, because it's not Benotto who makes those decisions, now, is it? It's more so about Benotto's responsibility and the decisions that were taken in the first half of the year. Oh, I thought it was like about Brazil. It's not just about Brazil. It's about how Charles that been wasn't like a swift decision. It's how Charles wasn't prioritized in the entirety of the first half of the season. That did cost him the championship. Let's, if if we're completely honest about it, it did cost him quite a bit. I'm not sure if it cost him the championship, but it definitely cost him points. It definitely cost well, him the a lot. championship. Was like down to Ferrari as 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 a whole. Yeah, not as a whole. That decisions with Charles were this versus Carlos. But who knows? Had had Charles been prioritized, it could have been very, very different. So Bonanno is potentially out of a job. Uh, and Tears and I were talking earlier. And if Fred Vasser ends up taking 
Bonato's place, which Vassar was Charles's first team principal. And he did very much clearly care about Charles just as a person, like their relationship from what you could see in DTS, they, they had a good relationship. We decided that Cyril Abitabuli needs to come back. That's just obvious, look. Like, get that man back please, to Reno. Please. Like, Bring him back. Come on. The fact that they fired him and then the man just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, that's insulting <gasps> to me. <laughs> Poor Cyril. Oh, I'm so sorry. He loved Daniel so much. Bet he's heartbroken. I bet he Daniel's is. But he's he, very sad. He had rights for that. Oh, to continue your uh, little Red Bull as a company lore... Did you hear about the new replacement for the CEO of Red Bull Racing and AlphaTauri at Red Bull, the parent company? No, no. no. This guy's name is Oliver Mintzloff, and he has now taken over leadership of Red Bull Racing and AlphaTauri at Red Bull, the company. What? How do you spell that? I'm trying to Google. Um, I think Mintz. I think it's M I N T Z L A F, but I'm not a hundred percent certain. That's just how I. Oh, L. Oh. I know him. He's the head of Red Bull Soccer. Yes, he was the former head of Red ah. Bull Soccer. He is now the head of Red Bull Racing and AlphaTauri. Oh, that ain't good. Why? Red Bull Soccer is a thing of its own. Oh, do tell. Trust me. Please share no, the there's this. There's this football club in Germany. We have uh, Red Bull Leipzig, whose name is not officially Red Bull Leipzig because that's illegal in Germany. You're not allowed to have a sponsor in the name. Mm-hmm officially the rb stands for like this weird word for football but everyone knows rb stands for red bull mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just very very hated in general just people are just do not like them mm-hmm. uh, to be fair i'm not sure if there's actually a reason because i'm not that into football but like the team they don't like the management it's just it's the whole thing that they it's a bit like red bull racing in the the early days where it literally just seems like the brand having too much money being like we're gonna have a football team now no, it's not really about the sport. It's just like, we're doing football now and we're doing Formula One now. It's like pointless just... investing here and there. Yeah, it seems mm. like an investment gotcha. more than an actual sports team. So yeah, people don't like them, never did. They're mm. not happy that Red Bull's involved that much because there's quite a few Red Bull teams in Germany. If you'd like to keep an eye on that, go for it. I'm sure some interesting things will come out of it. Our driver of the day, as determined by Amy, was both George and Lewis. I actually was on a very interesting side of Tumblr after the race. A lot of people in the Mercedes camp of Tumblr, for some reason, started this massive, like, anti-George rhetoric. Because because George won and Lewis wasn't able to get past him at the end of the race. They were like, oh, no, Lewis should have won, you know, in the context of him getting the honorary citizenship in Brazil today, well, this weekend. I'm like, that would be great. And as much... I, I adore Lewis and I'm much more apathetic to George than I am to Lewis, but Lewis wasn't even close to overtaking George at the end of the race. Yeah. I, I, I just, like, I would have loved Lewis to win, but it was not in the cards, you know? Yeah, and I feel like even if, let's say, they were absolutely equal, even then, yet that it's really sad for Lewis with the whole he's won in every season he's ever been in. Yeah, it's also sad race. that George hasn't won a race yet. I mean, let the poor guy win his first. Lewis has, what, 103? For George, it's also been two years in the making. He should have won yeah. back in Secure in 2020. He should have won. Also, I don't think either Lewis or George 
would have cared if it would have been the other one. I think George would yeah. have been happy for Lewis and Lewis would have been happy for George. Exactly. People were claiming that uh, Lewis, because he wasn't like visibly jumping up and down for George, that he wasn't happy. And I'm like, guys, we don't actually know him. You do remember this. We don't we, we don't know what he's actually thinking and what he's actually feeling. So let's was, let's wow. take his word that he is happy and leave it at that. Okay? I it was it was a weird it was a weird evening on Tumblr last night. It was a mix of people actively enjoying the Ferrari Alpine and Ferrari the Red Bull Alpine and Ferrari implosions and then people being like no it should have been Lewis who won the race and like I don't know what to tell you guys he didn't. <laughs> but yeah. And then I guess the last couple of things to mention, I watched Ted's after the race. Something that he said that was very cute is that apparently Seb has had to be forcibly sent home by Aston Martin the past several weekends because he doesn't want to leave the track in the engineers. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> so they've literally had to be like, Seb, leave, <laughs> get out. And then we had several minutes of Ted trying to communicate with Valtteri Bottas through a sheet of glass. He had comments to make about Valtteri's mustache for Movember. <laughs> and and didn't, the communication wasn't quite there. He was like, you got two points. One more thing. Um, with Red Bull. They showed a clip of Horner talking to Max. Max's manager, Helmut Marco, and a couple of engineers after the race. And Max is just kind of like, tucked into a wall saying nothing meanwhile max's manager and horner are clearly having some very strenuous conversation it was a lot i would love i would pay good money to know what was said and i also would have paid very good money to be at the debrief later that evening oh, just get back the drivers meetings Please. get them back on the stream like come on like the gpa meetings come on yes i've streamed them let us in. Oh, the days of Charlie waiting. <laughs> As for driver of the day, Amy named Lewis and George. I also think Charles partially deserved it. He went from P20 to P4. He was doing well. He was did very well yesterday. Even though he insulted Lando on his birthday, but okay. <laughs> it, yeah, it keeps him humble. I don't think Lando heard it, though. No, I don't think so either. I think Lando was a little too focused on going home and actually That would be so funny, something. though. Do you think if a driver actually pulls up the visor and yells it, do you think you can hear him? No. Unless you've both DNF'd. It would be DNF'd. funny if they're just like, I mean, that's why, I'm pretty sure that's why George had to walk up and smack Valtteri on the helmet in Imola last year rather than say anything. It was just a smack on the helmet and a rude gesture. So, thoughts for next race? What are your thoughts on Abu Dhabi? I, I'm already starting to have flashbacks. I, we're back in the trenches. I'm kind of happy that nothing really is at stake. At least nothing, like, big, big. Mm. Just because... Do you remember last year the whole fighting for p4 was it p5 in the constructors the whole lando carlos mm -hmm. charles and it was kind of lando versus carlos and then suddenly charles was like yeah it was a carlos it was odd i would tell me 2021 was just a wild race in general there's there so, much, so happening. much happening i need it to up w 2021 was at like an 11 i need this race to be at like a five i don't think i can handle anything more than that <laughs> It's going to be sad anyways, with so many people yeah, leaving, going to be very sad. and there's donuts. going to be a Sebastian special donuts. on TV. Donuts. 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 Please. Donuts. Please. Donuts. We need all the donuts. We need all the fireworks. There's going to be a Sebastian special on TV. 
It's going to be on Sky Germany. Not sure if the other Skies put it out there, but it's going to be on Sky Germany. Think Skies also, regular Skies doing something? Yeah, I think they might be doing something for Seb. I don't think anyone's doing anything specific for Danny. Sky Sports did release their um like little poster for Abu Dhabi 2021, and it's Seb, Danny, and Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm happy though for him. Yeah, I feel like not? that's something they could have forgotten about. But, but they didn't. Nice. And the yeah. last thing that I need is for Haas to announce Mick and not Hulkenberg. And the last thing I need is actually for Haas to announce Hulkenberg and then for Logan Sargent to DNF both <laughs> races and for Mick to go to Williams because yeah. that's a much nicer environment. I think so too. I think yes, so too. I just as bad. Totally so forgot. Really we, we do have one more team to discuss and that is Haas and Gunter Steiner and how much I currently want yeah. to throttle this man because but actually because Haas apparently were stringing Mick along and telling him he has a seat while Williams were discussing between Logan and Mick and then as a result of Mick telling them hey I do have a seat at Haas I can't I can't come they had to pick Logan and now Haas are like mm, never mind where is that from because I feel like at least towards the media Mick and Gunter always said, no, we're, we're not even talking about contracts yet. I you don't know? know where it came oh, from, but this is, this is the I conversation remember, I've been seeing over social media. I remember before the summer break, they were always like, oh, we're not even going to start discussing this until the summer break. And after the summer break, they were like, no, we, we're going to take our time. Nothing's happening yet. Then at some point when they were talking, it was still like, nothing's decided. Yeah, everything's I, on the table. Everything's open. I'm not sure where this came from. But I, I, to me, it sounds like it's completely plausible because I, like most people, was thoroughly surprised that Williams went with Logan Sargent. Yes, I think if move. this is true, it is grounds for Mick to sue Haas. I think it's just grounds for Mick to... Honestly, it would be so much funnier if you would just, I don't know, post something like, who the fuck's Gunter Steiner? Exactly. I feel like that would be funny enough. You know what? Just be funny. Just post a little picture of that little boat sinking or something. <laughs> <laughs> But over the weekend, Mick, Mick has spent his time following people on Instagram. I think he's followed an entire football team and the entire cast of Friends. Mans what is in his Friends hyperfixation. What football team? I don't remember. I, this, I, I saw something earlier. Following? Who's he following? Oh, it's not in any order. I found it. I found it. I found yeah. it. He fo no, not, not a football team. He followed all the MotoGP guys. All of the entire MotoGP grid. <laughs> And then the entire cast of Friends. He also Michelle Obama. Yeah, not sure when he started following her, but <laughs> she's on there. Mick has a fascinating following list. I think it's so funny. He follows Yost Capito though. Oh, the that is bad. Well, no, <laughs> Mick is actually the only driver besides George, I think, to follow the entire F1 grid. Someone uploaded a really, really nice graphic of like who follows who and who doesn't follow who and like who recently unfollowed whom on Instagram between all of the drivers. It's it's very fun to analyze. But you follow some very random people. Like what is Justin Bieber doing on here, you know? I think he listens to Justin Bieber. Before we continue just chatting between ourselves, I think, um, yeah, we got George's maiden win, which was fantastic. Man's cried. As I would, as most people oh, would. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, he cried. And he immediately got on the phone. Sky were like, oh yeah, he's on the phone with his parents. And he turns the phone around and it's Toto. <laughs> Priorities. Oh, that's um, funny though. But his engineer went up to the podium with him to celebrate. It was very cute. Lewis Chase 
George around with a bottle of champagne on the podium. And then when they were taking photos post-race with the entire team, some of the engineers literally corralled George, grabbed him by the waist, and held him there as they poured champagne over his head. He was trapped. Oh, that's... Oh, it's nice that they're so happy. It was, it was a good time to watch. They clearly all very much needed it. It was a good morale boost for them. And hopefully it continues into next race. I want another Mercedes win. Oh, that would be fun. Who do you think is going to win next week? I think it would be really poetic mm-hmm. if not only Lewis would win just because of, you know, Abu Dhabi last year, but also to kind of close the season off the way it started. Just mm-hmm. get a Red Bull double DNF in there. <laughs> Just come on, yeah, for old times' sake. Round it out, another one. <laughs> yeah. That's how it started. That's how it should end. So yeah, that sounds like a plan. I will happily sign up to that. That narrative. That's what I'm just going for. That will also mean Charles gets P2 in the constructors. Mm-hmm. That would make me very happy. And I want Danny, Nikki, and Sebastian to get points. Yes, just because uh, come on, I don't want Alonso to DNF because I kind of want him there for the donuts just mm-hmm. like for the picture yeah you know yeah, yeah. kind of back when Alonso reti- retired <laughs> retired in quotes retired hopefully this is this is Seb's retirement as well I hope that's how Seb's retirement goes too <laughs> he <laughs> retires he- he has to come back 2026 for the all-German yes. lineup yes. with Audi. Yes. It's going to be just like Mercedes, yeah. you know? This is not a certified tinfoil hat moment. This is completely true. No, it's just a prediction. Yeah. No, Complete prediction. True. There are no delusions here. It makes sense. Think about it. It would be Sebastian, a four-time world champion, or a, let's just say multi-year, just like uh, Shumi back in the days. Yeah, it would be after what it would be a four-year retirement. Mm-hmm. Same as with Shumi. You have the German youngster with Mick, who's yeah. the son of a world champion, just like Nico yeah. was. You have that all German. Like, come on, that's beautiful. Repeating history. I that want them to do it, please. I would also like to know: Do you think if they would win, do they play the German anthem twice, or just generally? <laughs> do we wait? <laughs> Did Nico ever win that year that he was racing with Shumi? Because I know Shumi had a really shit year the year he was with Mercedes. He had two really shit years. It was two years. Two years. I don't actually think he did. I don't think he did. Didn't he? Yeah. Because his first win was definitely in Williams, that I know, but I think... Because this is when Mark were still not that good. This is when they were crawling out of their brawn days. Let me figure this out, but I... Do not think he did because while he clearly outperformed Shumi, mm. he didn't like do anything brilliant. Yeah, he just got more points, kind of that thing. No, because that's because Shumi's car didn't work half the time. Yeah, he had like like a fifty percent DNF rate or something. It was so it was bad. Awful. It was actually three. He was at Mercedes for three, right, years. three years. He does have one win in two thousand and twelve, actually. Well, then you need to go find the race and see if they. Played the anthem twice. I think they would. I think they do. I feel like we could find that another point. Maybe like one of Lewis's many, many McLaren wins. Yeah. That would be easier. It's t- that, well, that would be yeah. two British yeah. anthems, yeah. Saving the king twice. Also, really weird. When you go to Nico Rosberg's Wikipedia article, article one of the like, subsections is endorsements and philanthropy. 
But before we spiral off talking about Nico Rosberg's wild ventures, um, I guess we can wrap up here. Uh, we have Abu Dhabi to look forward to. The last race of the season. I can't believe it's over. What a year. I can. <laughs> I feel like it's both gone by so quickly and so slowly. I'm, I, I need a break. <laughs> I think it's actually time to end this season. On that note, we will wrap up here. Thank you so much for listening. You know where to reach us. We enjoy Brazil. It was a great time. Let's keep it up. It was a stressful time, but it was a great time. Our socials are all over the place. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Tumblr. Don't forget to follow the podcast itself so that you see our next episode when it comes out. And you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We will catch you next week with the Abu Dhabi recap. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Adios.